Well, let's take a look at our unison reading before we go to prayer, and then we will go to prayer. Our unison reading this morning is from Philippians chapter 4, verse 17 through 20. Paul is commending the Philippians for their generosity and encouraging them in the spirit of generosity and their support of his ministry. He commends them because their generosity reflects the glory of God's own character of generosity. And he encourages them because God has promised his people to supply and to repay their spirit of generosity. And that's really the main idea here, the generosity of the Philippians and God's goodness in it and his promise to supply our needs when we serve the Lord in generosity. So a little bit of the context here, the Philippians had uh, been giving financial support to the Apostle Paul. And uh, some of the commentators think that they did so out of their relative poverty. So we can think of the Philippians a little bit as the widow who uh, Jesus commended in the Gospels when all of the rich uh, and the wealthy Pharisees were coming into the temple and pouring in out of their abundance, uh, proportionately small amounts to what their abundance represented into the tithing pot of the temple. Jesus noticed the poor old widow who came up and put only two mites, which is in our time less than a penny. And Jesus points her out and commends her because out of her poverty, she gave all that she had. And so Paul here is encouraging the Philippians for the gift that they've given. Now, he's wanting to make it clear to them that it's not that he has any more need. He doesn't need any more money from them, but he wants to encourage them. He wants to commend them in their spirit of generosity It's not the gift that's important to him, it's their giving that's important to him. And he wants to encourage them in it. And so he does so, and so that's where we pick up in verse 17 and we get our unison reading. Notice what Paul says here. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, this is a great passage. It reminds us of the riches of God's grace and his generosity towards us. So in verse 17, Paul begins. He says that uh, what makes him glad is not the gift itself, But the spiritual fruit that it represents in the lives of the Philippians, the spirit of generosity, it's a reflection of God's own glory, of his own generous character and grace. The Bible reminds us everywhere, brothers and sisters, of how glorious God's generosity and grace is in creation and towards us in redemption. And it's good for us to take just a few minutes and be reminded of that. Our God is so rich and so free in his generosity in creation. Uh, We think about this theologically. When we think of creation, we think of all of the diverse creatures that God has made, all the things that fill up the heavens and the earth, uh, and that these are all made by God's hand. But the, the, the wonderful thing to think about when we think of all the things in creation, when we think of the mountains and the seas and the skies and all the things that God has filled this world with, is how God has imparted a share of his likeness in all of these things. That's what accounts for the diversity and the glory and the beauty of creation is the way that God has in some measure, and a measure to his, according to his wisdom, a degree of the measure of his own likeness in the things that are made. So we look at the mountains and we see something of God's faithfulness and his power and his strength. And there God is granting to the mountains something of himself. We see his generosity in it. 
We see the, the, the mysteries of the depths of God granted and imparted to the seas. Just the likeness of it that they share in. And we see man who shares in the image of God. We reflect the glory of his being and his character in a full and a complete way. And what an honor and a privilege that is. But what I want to focus on is how God in creation shares himself with his creation. And that's what accounts for it. And that's what accounts for its beauty and its glory. Paul touches on this thinking about mankind in Acts chapter 17, 25. And recalls to our minds that God is the one who gives to everything life and breath and all things. Here's the generosity of God. In him, we live and move and have our being. It's due to his grace and his generosity that we even have life and being. God is rich in his grace and his generosity. God has been rich to his creatures to supply them their needs. James chapter 1 verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down to us from the father of lights. What a generous God we serve. Matthew 5, 45, Jesus says he causes the sun to shine on all and he sends his rain on the just and on the unjust. Again, a picture of God's rich, abundant generosity and grace. This is the character of our God. This is the character of our father in redemption. Of course, God is even more generous to us in Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter one, verse three reminds us of all the blessings that God has heaped upon us in the gospel through Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We have this rich picture of the character of our God and his generosity in the gospel. Of course, you remember in Ephesians chapter 1 how Paul goes on to talk about the lavishness of this grace, the riches of the glory of God's grace. And when we think about this more deeply, we understand theologically, again, that this is rooted even in the very being of God, his triune being, his triune character. When we, what we teach about the Trinity is this, that the Father is the origin within the, 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 the mystery of, of the divine relationships of the persons in the Trinity. And that it's the Father who communicates the essence to the Son. And we call this eternal generation. And it's a mystery, and it's, and it's wonderful, and it's beyond our ability to really comprehend. And yet this is what we're taught, that the Father communicates His essence to the Son. All that He is to the Son. The divinity of His own essence to His Son. And then the fruit of that generosity... And this glorious thing that we call eternal generation is that the Father and the Son impart the essence to this Holy Spirit. He communicates the essence to the Holy Spirit. And then the abundance of this Trinity is rest outward that we've already said in likeness and an imparting of the likeness of God to his creatures and especially to man and in redemption. And then this, of course, overflows in the hearts and the lives of his own people when we give and we, sh- and we, and we express generosity then we are expressing the character of our own God. We're expressing something of the glory of his magnificent spirit of generosity. And so this is really what Paul's getting at when he says, it's not the gift that I want to commend you for. It, 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 it's this fruit that abounds to your account, this wonderful expression of the glory of God at work in your lives in granting you this spirit of generosity. <laughs> And so he's commending them for this. And in verse 18, he goes on to encourage them that this gift of generosity is pleasing to God. It pleases God uh, because it imitates and honors and does uh, justice to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. 
It pleases God. It's a sacrifice. It's a, it's a sweet-smelling aroma, Peter, uh, Paul says here in this place. Of course, in Christ, God has provided a sacrifice. In Jesus Christ, God has given himself to us. Jesus is the express image of the Father. He is the second person of the Trinity. In his coming, God has sacrificed. He has given a sacrifice that is equal to himself in his fullness. And Jesus, in his sacrifice, in the flesh, has come and poured himself out for us. He gave his whole life. He shed his blood for us. It's a full sacrifice. It's a giving of everything. And again, as we think about what God has done for us in Christ on the cross, then we think of the widow and the, with the two mites. She gave everything that she had. This is what God has done for us in the gospel through Jesus Christ. So that when we then turn around and because of what Christ has done for us, we give of what we have proportionally and sacrificially to the ministry and to the work of the ministry and to the spread of the gospel. It preaches. It glorifies. Uh, it sends the same message. It's an illustration of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. It spreads the salt and light of this glorious message of the goodness and the grace and the generosity of God to all the people around us and that we can support and help. And it glorifies our Father in heaven. And so in verse 19, Paul goes on even further to commend them and to encourage them that the Philippians have been promised by God to be well supplied for this spirit of generosity. That God promises not only uh, to support them in their generosity, but to repay them for their generosity. And both concepts are included there in verse 19. Here's how he puts it. He says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Again, the idea is that God is able to supply the Philippians what they need in order to be generous. And then God is able to supply their needs and to repay them for their generosity. And so God is our faithful provider in every way. There's many places in the scriptures that uh, underline this promise that God has made. I'm just going to read a few of them to you for your consideration. Proverbs 19:17. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. There's the promise that God promises to honor our generosity in, in supporting us and supplying our needs. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, you remember what Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of heaven. And all these things, that is the things that we have need of for sustenance in an earthly life, it will be added to you. God promises to support us in our generosity, and he promises to repay us for our generosity. And probably the boldest place I can think in all the scriptures that makes this point is Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Uh, you might remember the context there that God is rebuking Israel because they're robbing God of his tithes. And it was a very firm rebuke. But here's what he says in verse 10 to encourage them to repent. He says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. In other words, God is saying, try me, bring your generosity and see if I won't supply you in order for you to be generous. And if I won't repay you for your generosity, that's what he's saying. It's a really bold statement. It's a pretty glorious one. Really, we see again there God's goodness and his own generous character shining through. Now, we don't want to think about that in a health, wealth, prosperity sense, of course. He's not saying, well, if you give a little, then I'll give you everything that you want in terms of earthly treasures. But he is reminding them there that he will supply them what they need to express his own character of generosity. And he will supply their needs and will take care of them 
in return, and he will bless them with spiritual rewards, especially this idea that we bring glory to God in our generosity. And so God promises to repay them according to his riches and glory. The idea, is that, the idea there is that God is able to repay them according to his heavenly riches, that there are no limits on what God can do to repay his people, to support them. His, his resources are infinite and abundant and wonderful and good. And he's already repaid us for the gifts that we might give when he gave us the free gift in Jesus Christ of everlasting life. And we have that hope and that's our inheritance and that's our certain future in Christ. And so Paul, again, he's just encouraging the Philippians here and it should encourage us as well that God is able to supply us all that we need for expression of this spirit of generosity and he's able to repay us for it as well. So finally in verse 20, Paul concludes with the reminder that this spirit of generosity rebounds to the glory of God the Father. Verse 20, now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. It especially brings glory to the person of our Father who is the origin and the source of every good gift. And so as we go to prayer this morning, let us remember the riches of the glory of God our Father and how he has poured it out to us abundantly in Jesus Christ. And uh, let us be thankful to God and let us trust in him and rest in him for his grace and his generosity.